Sorry, I was going for like a roots thing with this, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. We had a bunch of fun tracking the drums for this, getting the mic placement just right. Yeah, the, the shakers too. I mean, everything about this just, yeah, the way that the room kind of just blended. That was a fun was, day in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredibly meticulous. took way longer than it should have, but, you know, you know it came together beautifully. We take the sound seriously. It's, yeah. all, it's audio ecstasy. It's a show it's all about audio. the sound. If we don't have the sound, we have nothing, Daniel. Music is so important, and one of the most important things about music is how it sounds. Could not Get that on a shirt. Get that on a bumper sticker. Yeah, I can't. I mean, it's going to be hard to not make it this, this episode. I think we're going to have to like, really kind of go back to what we usually do for these series. But uh, great to be back. Great, great to, to be, be uh, actually kicking off our second miniseries on The Roots um, after, you know, still, at least for me, being in the afterglow of that show that we saw this year. I mean, I, I still think that was the best show that I saw this year and, like, one yeah. of the best, just really in general, that I've ever seen. And um, something yeah. that I, I definitely do still. I mean, obviously, I'm thinking about because I've been listening to their music because we're doing this, but, like, something that uh just really yeah like maybe i mean i was getting more excited about live music in general we, we talked about this earlier um in the pod just in you know the aftermath of just shows being kind of a thing again after covid so it's uh one of the things where i've just grown to appreciate live music more in a very natural way and then with a show like that it just completely you know blew the cap off of th- that sort of thing so yeah yeah we're like, di- we're doing the full roots discography we saw them at pitchfork last year it was life-changing it seems like for both of us really yeah just, uh, maybe life-changing is too strong but like it was we it came out of that kind of blew our minds in a way yeah like, in a way that i just I, yeah i don't it doesn't necessarily happen with live music all too often really just a, a tr- something that i'm going to remember probably for the rest of my life but yeah oh yeah before uh yeah we get uh increasing more hyperbolic with things what have you been jumping on lately um one i meant to bring up a couple weeks ago actually i haven't listened to it in a few weeks but i just thought it was a weird pull for me was there's this 1997 Madonna album called Ray of Light mm. that I think is sort of her last album that's like pre what you would call like the Madonna wilderness period or whatever. Um, but it's really interesting. She made it in the UK and it's got like, uh, it's her taking like, I've you know, I don't know electronic music well, so I'm going to use all the wrong like genre terms, but it's her like getting really into that like, rave culture kind of like uk yeah it makes sense time, timeline wise certainly that's when a lot of that stuff she was like yeah like you said you recorded in the uk it's like that was kind of the the zenith of that sort of thing like that madchester like yeah that rave scene yeah. it's it was really interesting i was really into it i've only listened to it a couple times but like it feels as out there as you can imagine any pop album kind of getting. I hate to be, I mean, you know, I'm a optimist. I'm not oh, trying yeah, to course. box in pop as no, being like safe. No, you love your pop. You love it just being, you know, wherever it's going to go naturally. But like, certainly for that time too, I could see why that would be really surprising because you didn't have like those cultures. I, I feel like, yeah, a lot of just like that really exciting, increasingly, lot, I mean, what was underground for several years, but became a huge across the world sort of sensation and just pop music in a very general sense in the 80s. I mean, that wasn't something that was like necessarily you know, completely, uh, um, you know, compatible in a way that, like, it seems like a no-brainer now, you know, in yeah. that way. So, like, yeah, something that really, uh, yeah, I'd be, that, that seems like a, a record that I would, for hers, that I would really like to check out. I mean, I, again, like, we talked a little bit about Madonna. I only know, you know, a handful of singles, but, like, I really have not, you know, made the rounds in any kind of meaningful songs. And I, you know, the stuff that I, you know, is super kind of ubiquitous, I think is, you know, fine, but, like, I just, I don't really, yeah, know her stuff sort of that well. And I, you know, the wilderness periods are definitely kind of interesting with any artist that, uh, you know, has been uh, sort of renowned. But, like, this specifically sounds like something that could be definitely up my alley. It's really cool. The lead single, the title track, is, like, a fairly – I feel like I've heard it my whole life. Like, it's a pretty big hit. Um, and it's just cool to see her, like – I don't want – I'm sure I'm getting the timeline probably not accurate here. Like, I'm sure it was bigger in the U.S. than 
the wiki bio that I read on the album makes to believe makes leads me to believe, but you get the feeling that like Madonna being this like cosmopolitan pop artist who's like traveled the world, she's like she's really good at picking up on like what subcultures interest her and like making mm-hmm. it work for her in a pop context. And it's cool to see yeah. her like going to the UK, taking a certain sound and like bringing it to a US pop context and like making it work. It's also inter- it's a cool album too because it's like. <clears throat> In, like, pop music history, it's sort of the last Madonna album before, like, the teeny bopper blow-up of, like... Mm. That's such a rude way to put it. You know, I love these artists. But, Mm. like, before, like, your Britney's, your Christina's, your Backstreet Boys... perceived in that way? Like, yeah, you could kind of lump all that in a very broad sense that, yeah. They cast her in a new... They cast her in a new light once they arrive. It Like, Madonna becomes this, like... Ray of Light seems like the last album where Madonna's, like, in her, like... Peak in career. the pocket in that way, where yeah. it's just like in yeah, the zeitgeist, really an omnipresent like force. It, yeah, yeah, because the, you know, like it did seem like yeah, really. I mean, aside from just a few like sort of moments here and there, from pretty much you know nineties forward, it has been just kind of yeah, not really kind of yeah, the zeitgeist in that same way. She feels like, like a generation behind at yeah, that point. Yeah, catching, yeah, perpetually catching up. Sort of like where I mean, I did I make this reference every episode. We should do a game where we see how many times I've if I've done this reference every show. But like Drake, I feel like Drake's at that point now where like mm, maybe yeah. maybe v, maybe Scorpion is like his ray of light where it's the last one where he seems like he's like I feel like where we all ever there's a cultural understanding that we're past Drake's prime now. Yeah, and it, but it seemed like it was kind of a bit of a drop off. I mean, was there anything after like I mean, you liked What a Time to Be Alive, the collaboration with Future? Yeah, I thought that I thought that was still in my mind. Drake was still at peak form there, and it was still like, and the next thing yeah. he does could be the greatest thing he's done. Because I feel like like views just that was twenty sixteen, right? Views, yeah. That that was just at a point where it seemed like there was just like at least for me nothing really there at all, and like I don't think that I mean, was there? Yeah, was Scorpion really the last one that you? Because I I feel like it views did seem felt like, like it was just a real real steep, not not in that way where like. I don't know. I always think talk about like uh, hearing this is too late is kind of like potentially maybe his best record, and like from that yeah. point it was kind of steep. And I feel like even when it's time to be alive, has plenty of great moments and like kind of a weird, like interesting kind of back and forth between them because like the chemistry is kind of so often during at times. But like, um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel like yeah, he is. Uh, he's been seemingly kind of even though again still pretty massive commercially. Like from an artistic standpoint, it's been kind of treading water for a much longer period of time. And I don't know. With Madonna, if it was how much of that, like, again, if it was, again, seemingly not, and she was not quite like influ- shaping culture, you know, as drastically, as, as formidably as maybe she was, uh, you know, in the subsequent several years, kind of going into the 90s. But was she, again, like, just less, uh, yeah, like commercially and critically kind of dominant? I suppose, like, was it sort of a combination of everything? Because I think with Drake, he still managed to be very successful despite, yeah, really like, chart wise, like, too right. big to fail. Yeah, like, basically, like, yeah. There's no, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a really interesting album. I, I, one of my first thoughts I had when I was listening to it was like, oh, I feel like Dylan could get into this too. So mm-hmm. if you've got time at some point, I mean, that's really, pop yeah. that sucker on. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I absolutely will. What I, about you, though? What are you been um, doing? I mean, a lot of, uh, like just catching up still with like stuff. I mean, October there was a lot of stuff that came out. So like I've been like ripping uh, the new Always. Still, I've been really really enjoying that. I mean, I'm just kind of gr- great weather. I think that you would really enjoy it if you spent time with it. Yeah. But like I just again, there's, there just has been quite a bit. I'm, I'm sure you're still listening to the second grade record and like, mm. um, yeah, Open Mike Eagles record. I've been enjoying quite a bit. I think it's um, auto something component system with the auto reverse. I mean, I've really yeah, go to bad for everything I like does. I think mean, just getting better and better as a rapper. Um, 
Gila Band, this four-piece Irish band put out a great, just kind of noisy, like, punk record that has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of just catching up with stuff like that and then kind of listening back to stuff from, you know, earlier in the year just because, you know, we're at the end of October here and, you know, deep in get, the list. Get, get that it, list together. List season, yeah, it's it qu- quickly approaching us here. Dylan, so. what if I told you that this year I'm ready to actually – I have ha- a list in mind. I had a feeling. You know, I, yeah. I feel back. I feel a little back in the game. Yeah, no, I think you have been, really. Like, yeah. uh, since we started the pod, I mean, it took a, a couple months, sure, but, like, so this year it seemed like you were, you were really uh, just, at least, well, even, not, again, not necessarily um, maybe having stuff that you really loved, but, like, you're you're in the mix. You know what's, yeah. you know what's up. Yeah, and like, I feel like I've got, like, where in the past I feel like I was sort of, uh, like, to feel like I was still staying with the mix, it would just be like keeping up with what the the big critical records are. The right. year. This year, I feel like I have my own like personal taste and like my five yeah. that like aren't gonna just be like a, a reorganization of the Pitchfork Five or like. Which I, I, yeah, I love to hear. It, man. Although, then, did you listen to IndieCast yesterday? Yeah. Oh yeah. Damn it! Because I was gonna ask you what <laughs> Ian asked Steve. Do you remember what the last year's number one album was? Do you think you would have remembered it prior to that? Uh, I didn't remember it. I, it I might not. It would have taken me some time because yeah, that. Um, Jasmine was it, Sullivan yeah, Hotels. Hotels. Yeah, it was a record that I remember liking, but it came out in like January, February or something. And I just kind of completely forgot about it. It, it seemed like sort of an pick. afterthought when I when I I mean, I think it is a really good record, but like not something that I would have thought like would have been a top 5 for them. It, it seemed like very just uh it was like, "Oh, okay, whatever." And like a lot of that list I actually I kind of forgot about. I, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw that Tyler's record was at like number 3 on that. Like cause I just whatever, went back and kind of browsed that. Uh, oh, but, that was you know, number 3. That's Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. yeah but like fine. a lot of that stuff just seemed kind of uh half-assedly thrown together. And again, no shade to that record, but yeah, definitely kind of surprised just, me. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it was a weird pick, not in the sense of like, I mean, that's where Pitchfork's at now. They're not just like, obviously, that's been their big move is they're not just doing like a white indie rock bands, yep. thankfully, anymore. But it was just a weird pick in that I feel like there wasn't, typically Pitchfork really pushes the coverage of like the artist that ends up as, the, you can feel the narrative is like... Well, and too, it's usually, I mean, again, you can read in like to a certain extent it does seem like they're yeah they're, whether how much of it they're pushing or whatever how much of that is kind of already there it's usually like a larger conversation about certain record like there is like a much yeah. more like kind of continuous conversation about its importance outside of just how the music itself sounds you'll get like baked a- into why it's something like and there was just like it seemed like that was just a record that was kind of universally acclaimed and recognized as great but like not a ton of just conversation in general sort of about, the, yeah. there were no like editorials on no. her through the not, year not, i mean not, not a lot of stuff that i really read uh, certainly like you know months on pitchfork so at least i don't want to speak for like other outlets because it just I mean, what I, I follow right it was i only follow a handful of outlets myself yeah. but like Stereogum and the like gum. uh yeah consequence and stuff it was just like you know not a ton of stuff that I, at least i was privy to so yeah it definitely surprised me a little bit and I mean, if you haven't heard it, I think you should. It's you know, it's good I gotta stuff, listen to but, it still, yeah. Uh, yeah, with this year, Beyonce just seems like a lock. But um, I'd Which love to the see the Sudan archives come in and swoop dad. But what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, you know what? I gotta take something back. I said on the show, hmm. I like the Beyonce album, and it's grown on me a ton. You I didn't really listen. No, you, you did say that you like. I did. Okay. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. all right. We I was talked very briefly. Like, like uh, the I love it. Episode actually. on I think Fiona Apple and Genesis. I believe that was the one where we were teasing you not liking Beyonce. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, yeah. like you I know, was scared com- to say it. it was a complete joke. We're not. We, we're not like. Cause, I, I mean, was scared. It, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, these are not even things that are uh, safe to joke about because that's just going to be the end of you know any uh, podcasting that we have yeah. happen here. It's just complete shutout. But yeah. no, it. Uh, I um, 
and then you mentioned that we, I don't remember on what went after we talked about it a little bit but yeah it's a fun record I, America's definitely, a Problem uh, is my America's a Problem America. I really like All Up In Your Mind Break My Soul Virgo's I mean there's like a handful that I really like for the most part like it's an record that I've kind of gone back to in large part too just because I feel like I've been perpetually playing catch up for the last couple months with stuff but I definitely enjoy it I mean it's uh, I, yeah I think it's a like a cool pivot for her and like something that like it, yeah it's just cool to see like her because it is like the most uh, sort of you know, club oriented kind of record, but like it's not, you know, in a, just a straight up sort of way. There's still so much of just like, again, like a pop kind of R- classic pop R&B sort of feel to it, even though there's obviously that like house element kind of running through it. But it's a really cool, I feel like, st- stylistic dive into that because it's not like club record the way like the the generation of pop music that we grew up with was like, we're like in the early late 2000s and then early 2010s every number one hit which is also beyonce's peak era every song mm-hmm. that took mm-hmm. place in the club like flow yep. ride uh, pitbull all that shit like this feels like a throwback to like 80s like underground yeah. cl- which and yeah like that's such a, and she does it in such a like a perfect way where it doesn't feel like this is a divisive take i know people are going to disagree <laughs> with me here but it doesn't feel cheesy in the way that like john mayer's sob rock was i know some people really thought that was like a cool i thought he did that in the oh way, wait personally. was that the record from this year or last year is either okay, this year or last year i vaguely the... remember this I, don't, I haven't listened to it i remember reading a little bit about it and uh like i, I just don't even like so what was the like he, the, the, the idea the pitch for it was that he was going to make an album that was like uh, I feel like the, I might be mischaracterizing this, but that was supposed to feel like a classic rockers, like mid eighties album. And like the aesthetics are very, that like Steve Winwood kind of like, hmm. just like, like the album cover, it's like very well done and stuff. And like the texture on the first song, like the, the sonic palette is very like eighties. But from what I remember on TC, them talking about, and then also just like on my own listening, it seems like it just quickly drifts back into being just like a regular John Mayer album that just has that as like a, a selling point and like it gives you the feeling that it's like mayor's like in on the joke and like down to get kitschy and campy and stuff but like doesn't commit like, to like the aesthetic and kind yeah, of falls flat pretty quickly yeah it just like, drives back into like john mayer's voice i love that we're doing a roots episode and we're 15 minutes in already we talked i mean donna john mayer yeah this is how you ecstasy baby I really, ecstasy. like i uh i need it's a to, shaggy dog yeah that's this is why yeah the non-existent playlist that uh we talk about from that time are just gonna be so, be so off the walls like living up to brusca's ethos or like his uh just that my, my shuffle is <laughs> yeah insane the playlist the shuffle on the audio ecstasy playlists are insane it um, really is but yeah, this is what we do here. Uh, so yeah, there's no, <laughs> not a great transition in my mind from uh, John Mayer to the Roots. Other than that, I think it would be fun to see. He's John our Mayer. next, our next artist. I mean, honestly, like the only way that I would really want to see him live is within the context of Dead and Co. And yeah. uh, like, I think like even again, regardless of like what, because it's not even like I necessarily put a ton of premium into tone, touch, lyricism, but like I. Uh, very much uh, would like you know be game to experience him within the you know of that group at some point. Yeah. Like, um, are you are you anti mayor or are you neutral? I'm like pretty in. I mean, I, I don't like the stuff that I've heard, but I don't like it's not something that I think is just terrible. Like, it's not I would your say punchline. No, not definitely not like a, yeah, a, a go to sort of punchline. I mean, pretty indifferent on the whole, leading to just you know kind of like I think he. Yeah, I mean. Again, he's a he's a good guitar player, but like I just don't necessarily find any of the music that I've heard really particularly that compelling. I just like there's just not really anything that he does for me uh, in particular. But yeah, um, so you don't yeah. want to do him for the next catalog deep dive. Well, I think he you don't fit, go from he, room for he, squares he checks up a lot of boxes. He, he really che- does. Danny, he checks a lot of boxes. <laughs> I mean, like probably every I, box. I I think that like 
you know, we'd be sure uh, going with somebody like John Mayer to what we're trying to do with this. And, uh, you know, probably a lot of the artists that I've even brought up as, like, serious suggestions. So, yeah. Like, I mean, Madonna, we were joking about Madonna, but Madonna would be one that I would really have fun doing. I would I love think Madonna would be very her. good. I, yeah. I, I I'm going to really slowly kind of press her so, as next year. You know year's. what? I was going to say, if you, well, I don't know how serious you are about that, but if she does come up next time we're talking, I'll hold off on listening to that record. And if we pass her, then I'll just go listen to her on my own. But if we end up, you know, then I'll just take my time with it and not, or, you know. <laughs> I would love the idea, too, that we end up doing, like, a shadow series on Madonna where, like, every episode, so we just like we we're both kind of curious about it and we keep dipping into albums and it keeps coming up like bubbling up at the beginning of every roots episode we just talk madonna <laughs> yeah that uh oh man it's, it feels like an inevitability with something like this where there are like or just like throughout the regular episodes whether it's like it would be great if it was just the roots but i'd imagine like something like that where it's like oh this isn't who we decided to go with for whatever series that we're doing but we're way more interested in this artist and then it just ends up cropping the, they end up cropping like, up just every other episode that we do with guests it's and like the adam be, scott yeah. uh scott Ockenberg podcast that they did where they were going to do it on uh the talking heads and then they got one episode in and realized they'd rather talk Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> the whole season just became. They literally changed the oh, title of the so show. Good. They had to change the whole title oh. of the show. Because I remember uh, they did that like YouTube series initially. That was like when they first was started. Was it YouTube uh, or REM? It was. Are, yeah, it was, are you talking YouTube to me? Right. That's, and then that's it was. What, yeah. And then it was. Are you talking Talking Heads to my head? I think. And then they only got one episode. And that in. became the Peppers. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, because yeah. that was something. Yeah, I've met, been meaning to check it out for a while. And I had never got around to it, but I fucking like, especially like, yeah, thinking about like a band like the Talking Heads, where it's like, oh yeah, like they're a great band, whatever. But like, I I'd mean, the Peppers. Talk peppers. The, I mean, it's like impossible to deny. Like, oh, yeah, they're so come fun on, to talk come, about. Come on, are you gonna like? It's that's such a no brainer. Like, we, could of course, do a, dude. we could do a whole show on this. Show. Oh, we could easily do. That. I mean, that would that we would really need to do like just yeah several different. Like we'd be doing Peppers for years. That's I mean, awesome. honestly, like oh that would be fun, but. Um, so do you want to I do know, this thing? Wanna... I think I think we should hop back into it. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, m- much like uh, seeing the Grateful Live or the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers with John Frusciante in them. Uh, yeah, incredible live acts that I actually have seen in this case. Um, yeah, and uh, really fun to actually get into their studio work like more thoroughly because I mentioned to you uh, at least on one of those Pitchfork episodes that like outside of um, uh, what is the um, man? I'm totally blanking on the. Whatever the fuck that yeah um what is their wow I'm totally blanking on uh, the Roots fourth record uh, Ill-Delf things fall Life no, or things, things fall apart. apart yeah I was like wow Ildell Half Life yeah the one after well, that's okay the we're third. not at the end of the show uh, if you forget I know then we're in trouble I'm good for anything but the first two right now just, yeah you know, but no so things fall apart was the only one that I had heard before we like leading up to Pitchfork and I kind of r- r- ran through all the records initially and I you know, I I really enjoyed like you know a handful of these quite a bit and then after um that fifth one phrenology uh it's kind of hit or miss for me but um yeah the first two have a lot of great moments and i mean well specifically do you want more i think is a really really great record. yeah i mean i was like it is definitely one of my favorite records of theirs and it's a record that i am just in, you know i i was yeah just i i feel like i just enjoy it more every time i hear it there's more things that i just discovered appreciate about it and um, yeah, where do you stand? I mean, we haven't really talked about either of these two. What do you, like, in general? Yeah, so so overall between both of them, I much prefer, which I think we both do, do you want more to organics? It just feels like yeah. a natural evolution. We have talked, yeah, a little organics. And, I mean, I yeah. think that we both, you know, there are great moments on organics. I mean, like, Grit's really still being, like, the clear high for me. Like popcorn. popcorn. I mean, there are, yeah, just great. I, I, it really, it's like a, roof, a group, 
of roots coming into their own in real time and like it's fun to hear them push themselves and like really just try to you know push boundaries and see what they kind of get away with but yeah it's kind of messy and uh not like the songwriting isn't quite there yet they haven't like congealed into nearly as tight of a unit as they became and with something like do you want more it's pretty jarring like what a like massively for it it is like yeah. really just like they really like that I, in my opinion it's the first great record and is kind of a classic like just crew crystallization of like what they're you know great at yeah and i mean uh i'm not sure if it's due to like label issues or whatever but it, to some, it might seem like they think of it as their first record at this point too where like you can't mm. get organics on streaming i'm not sure yeah. what the discrepancy is there but yeah because it, it just feels like the first it's like a classic version of where like the first album is a group sort of copying other sounds i mean like it's it's that jazz rap sound it's that like mm-hmm. tribe called quest de la soul diggable planets thing and i don't think on organics they do it better than any of those artists by any means it, to me it does sort of yeah. feel like they're just like reaching at that stuff and trying to do it this one it feels like it's starting to move towards so i guess if i can go big picture real quick yeah um, I mean. for a take for me I feel like these first two albums specifically both are the roots in that lane of trying to do like jazz rap. And they do it really well with this one. Trying, mm-hmm. I don't want that to sound like But like it is firmly like rooted in that kind of lineage there. Like it very much like kind of unmistakably and like there's uh you know, sort of like just nods to I mean, especially with this record, like just, you know, kind of funk and soul and just like again, a lot of stuff that like, you know, those obviously like not not just trade off, but like what you would consider what kind of jazz rap is. I mean, Doing really those like, flows, those like yes is the rhythm. The yeah, rhythm is the yeah. Right. Like that it, kind it, of like thing. very much yeah, again, it's it's um kind of steeped in that like, yeah, the classic sort of jazz combo like type kind of feel and yeah, like I electric mean, again, piano even, yeah bass the heavy bass like upright acoustic bass drums and, which obviously the, they're the roots they're gonna have acoustic drums right like. but the way that all this stuff kind of congeals it very much has that feel to it just like it is I'd say pretty unmistakably just jazz rap and like, it, yeah. like you were speaking to too with Black Thoughts and the leaks flows and like like that that cadence I mean that's certain like, like what I think of as diggable plants which is like personally you and I have talked about this before, something I'm not that into. I love Tribe. Tribe's like one of my favorite hip-hop groups of all time, but I feel like they find a way to transcend feeling like just like an uh, an example. Like, there's something to me about Diggable Planets where it just feels like it's like almost a parody of that kind of thing. And I don't want to hate on them. This is not what this should be about or whatever. But there's something about Tribe where they like sort of transcend that. Well, yeah, like but I mean, you, again, it's, it's, you know, whatever. Like, you, yeah, you, you have your preferences. It, yeah. it is something that, like, you, again, I, yeah, I've always kind of been under the impression that, like, there wasn't a ton of stuff necessarily in this vein. And, like, again, Rabs like Tribe or Dale Soul that really do that fucking well. Again, they transcend it because of just how yeah. eclectic and sort of, like... Seal Smooth, Gangstar. I love that stuff, but... Yeah, and, like, um... I do think, yeah, I, I don't know if it's... Um, it's when it gets a little too slam poetry. Well, I was going to say, guess. maybe a little stuffy, a little too just like, you know, whether it's just self-important or a little, like just not not being as playful and having as much fun with it. Which it's just, I mean, obviously, look at anything else, it's down to preference. It's not like... like yeah, exactly. You can, you can, you can like say that like bad. you think Diggle Planets is bad or whatever, but that's obviously not It's just not my from. style. It's, just, it's, yeah, it's not the style of jeans I'm going to choose to wear. Yeah, yeah, of course. And like... But, I, like, if there is... Well, you know, go ahead. So my, I guess my big take is I feel like with these first two albums that we've heard so far it seems like the roots are trying to fit into that lane and trying to be that. And I don't think they do it as well as any of those groups we've said so far, mm-hmm. but where I don't mean that as a diss against them is that this is just one small phase of their career where all those other groups, I mean, De La's still going, I guess, but like tribe kind of pitters out until obviously like 2016, mm-hmm. um, diggable plants. I don't really follow. So I don't know if they could, they only had like two records. And I, I think, um, I don't know how 
like what the nature of what how the group dissolved or whatever. But um, Ishmael Butler, the rematch with Shabazz Palaces, and, like, right, 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 so, like, right, right. That's what he can to do after the fact. On. But like as far as like, Digital, Digital Planets did not have like that long of a lifespan to my knowledge. I don't think that they were doing really anything yeah. in the odds. So. so that whole wave passes, and what's cool is that the roots don't even hit their peak with that. Like they no. that next sort of wave of like what the Soulquarian movement is and all mm-hmm. that, and sort of neo soul. That's where they sort of hit. They become who, in my mind, the roots are, and like the root sound, and like their specific thing. And then obviously they have like a whole other life after that, where Captain Kirk joins, and then you've got the Fallon and all that shit. So it's just cool yeah, to see like, that they're like, say, like several different kind of lifetimes to feel. And obviously it has to do with just yeah members and where yeah Black Thought and Quest level were creatively. And I mean after everybody else in the group, but like a lot yeah. of that stuff's just shifted so much throughout the year. And like so yeah, they, they've had some very interesting evolutions. But yeah, to your point, like I yeah, it'll have Half Life Two. Just yeah, it feels like you know a further you know, push towards the Soul Aquarian type, yeah, feel, and uh, doesn't have, yeah, quite, like, the, the, this, I guess, period, these first two records really are, like, I, yeah, they're, yeah, kind of sort of more firmly rooted in that vein, and I feel like with uh, Organics, what you were speaking to, as far as, like, you know, kind of riding the coattails in a way, or, like, kind of, you know, being very overtly influenced by a lot of that stuff, and not quite um, innovating on it in a way, I do think, like, the Roots, part of why uh, they were so kind of like overlooked for a while was that like they did you know sort of stick out in a handful of ways and were always kind of drawing on stuff but a little bit out of vogue with what was really kind of like yeah. popping I feel like things fall apart and phrenology is where they really kind of are on the pulse in, in right. a way where they're again they're never in my mind overly derivative of any like particular acts but like they were not really kind of right like they were either a little bit behind or a little bit left to center from what was really kind of these like at that moment throughout the 90s and like yeah. it wasn't again to what you're speaking to with the uh, you know so Clarence and like the kind of the late 90s with uh like the sort of Dilla influence and D'Angelo and like the, that sort Erica of Badu. yeah like when they, they all were you know kind of um Jill yes Jill of course just yeah basically there was a, a lot of just like jamming and just you know kind of improvising doing all kinds of just you know, like late night type sessions specifically like uh, Dilla and Black Thought and um, no, sorry not Black Thought um, Questlove uh, D'Angelo and Dilla which I'm really looking forward to having you read that Dilla time they go yeah. into a lot of that yeah. stuff it's a really really interesting period but um, yeah there just that all is to say that like I think that like yeah this I was uh, a record like Do You More I think is really striking and strong and like a testament to just how like singular their sort of vision was but it was very much sort of out of step with i think where a lot of hip-hop was in particular and uh it just took some time for them to really kind of find the audience that you know they and i mean it it is considered a classic record now but was not something that like you know was really that commercially viable like yeah at that point in time even like that sorry do you want one more was there uh like major label debut. I don't remember how much it sold, but definitely was not like anything crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's this interesting thing where it, you, if they had been a band maybe five years earlier and they had matured into like, you know, bands take time to like mature and become like a fully matured artist as like one unit. If they had sort of five years earlier, maybe they would have been the biggest out of that, like whole jazz oh, yeah. rap scene. I think they very well could have. So been, there's that yeah. cool, interesting thing of like, artist versus their outside context where they're both shaping each other where it's like the artist itself is like mastering their skills and like getting that to a point where they can make their best work and then also 
culture is moving around them in its own ways and certain trends are go up and down in style. Mm-hmm. And so there's this interesting, yeah, where it's like if, if the roots had existed five years later, well, I wonder what they would have sounded like, like when they hit their mature period and like certain other things are in vogue at the time. Like, right. It's interesting you thinking about like just what you were speaking to too, like the up and down side, because again, culture, like we've talked about this all the time, cyclical, the nature of that and how yeah. like that, those sort of things work and like how you can see, like, I, th- I believe 2014 was the year that The Roots started playing, uh, were, uh, yeah, playing as Fallon's house band, yeah. And so uh, the year after that, you see Tip of Butterfly come out, and, like, there is yeah. something about, like, a lot of, like, again, it's not necessarily something where it's just like, oh, yeah, that sounds like that because of that, but, like, you know, Black Messiah was 2014. There was mm-hmm. sort of, like, mm-hmm. a, a, a period there of just a lot of really eclectic kind of jazz-influenced hip-hop and R&B that, like, you know, was sort of having a huge, like, critical moment in a way that, like, it just you didn't necessarily see that happening quite in that way it, for you know years, decades yeah. you know, plus prior, or whatever. And like so again, it's not like that's necessarily the vogue of hip hop right now, but like you know just the way that sort of thing works is just really kind of interesting. And um, certainly like yeah, with uh, the Roots, I do think that like they um, have you know become certainly since uh, playing with Fallon and like the, you know the show we saw was a testament to this how. Uh, widely embraced and accepted and like just underlying mainstream that sort of sound is but like uh yeah at this point in time certainly in 95 with do you want more came out uh yeah it was just really not what uh and again hip-hop obviously has become increasingly you know just one of the unquestionable dominant genres and music just across the board but like yeah it i think that this is a record that is um yeah, it has a lot of just warmth and immediacy, and uh, it is, yeah, just a shame that there wasn't sort of that audience there for it, because I do think that, like, oh, with the right sort of, like, push, it, you, know, I, I, you know, it's hard to, uh, there's so many different things that, like, you could look at as factors for why, and, that's why it, and like, obviously, part of that I've spoken to, but, like, you, with a record like this, I think it just, it holds up super well, and, yeah. uh, like, it feels, it, to my, my ears, I think, really, like, 2022, incredibly fresh, and, like, something that, like, again, there's part of me, even with, like, look at the history, that I'm like, man, I can't believe this didn't really hit harder than it did. I mean, there's, like, yeah, like there's, I, I have way more favorite tracks listed here for that one than for organics. Like for the title track alone is just crazy. I mean, I title love, track love the backpipes on that. It's, I love, it's uh, sort of front loaded. I mean, I do love, and these were the singles too, and the ones. Oh, of course, great no, videos, but yeah. proceed, distortion to static. I love lazy afternoon a lot. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really love uh, say what man, which is also on organics, which is cool too that they do it on both. Mm-hmm. Is like mm-hmm. that song where it's just them like recorded live and just kind of shouting out the different members. Scott Storch mm-hmm. on the keys. Big respect to Scott Storch. <laughs> Gotta throw him love. I think this is the only record they played on. Do you want he's, more? Was he on Organics as he's well? On, well, they shout him out on that song on Organics, so I don't know if he was just like in the live band and because that's a live recording that's on the album. It's yeah, there. I, I felt that he drew, like the record, I was under the impression that Organics came out before he, because was, he was only a member for a couple of years, and so he was right. like touring that stuff, and I think he recorded, he was on Do You Want More, but I couldn't remember if like, he, he actually played anything on. He talks record. about there's that great anime in the interview where he talks about uh, they wanted to play like shows every night and he wanted to be in the studio. Yes. He didn't want to be playing the same songs every night. He wanted to be in the studio making a new song every night and that mm-hmm. was when he knew there was going to be a break from... Which is also an interesting thing of that shows sort of the beginning of The Roots as a live band. Like the, even like he envis- he sees them as a band that's about the live show where it's like they play the same songs every night. Mm-hmm. He's a studio artist and that's how we're kind of coming to The Roots from that angle of like them as a live that's how we that's our that's our sort of take that's, <laughs> that's, our, that's our jokerman fucking yeah that, that's frame. The, the unusual angle that we're peering we're bringing from, we are like, bringing in the roots uh, as <laughs> a jazz band the grateful dead and i do wonder how much of that did become a point 
if, if at all, a point of contention between Black Thought and Questlove, because it did seem like in Dilatime that Questlove was so fixated on... I mean, he was the one that produced the records. I mean, I don't know if all of them... I mean, do you want more? I believe he produced. What was um, the divide, though? He was fixated no, I, on... I, I'm curious... I was saying, I'm curious if there was, if at all, like any just contention between Black Scott Thought Scott Storch? And, no, Black Thought and Questlove eventually oh. over a similar sort of thing, because we're talking about the roots on the whole versus Storch and why the, that was the case. Yeah. And that was, I mean... He left the group in '95, the year that this came out. I, I mean, he was still on it, but I'm pretty sure it was that year. And uh, so I'm just—I I wonder if there was any of that between Questlove and Black Thought or any of the other members, because again, Questlove, like again, from what I just have been just reading about how much he kind of worked with uh, D'Angelo and Dilla and Erica Badu on like and Common on all sorts of like other uh, just, projects and yeah. stuff. It's like I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was just some element of that where like he, you know, it, there are were periods throughout the roots where it was just kind of up in the air. It certainly. I mean, on some level, because of how busy Questlove was with other things, but I don't know, as far as it just being cut and dry, like, oh, I want to be producing work and in the studio and not doing live stuff, or I don't want to be in the roots, I mean, like, uh, yeah, to, to what extent, like, yeah, there were other factors there, I'm not really sure, but it just, it seems like, yeah, there was just so much more of an emphasis on that sort of thing as the 90s progressed and the yeah. roots became, yeah, just increasingly... Like releasing great work, but still kind of toiling in some relative obscurity, give it, you know, comparable to a lot of their peers and stuff. Right. So, well, I know like, that Quest, I mean, we obviously we know Quest loves this is gonna be the dumbest sentence I've ever said. <laughs> well, I know that Quest loves a music nerd, but not, um, not no, Quest love, no. that's hard to believe. But like, I remember an interview with him once years ago, him talking about how like they might not have been the most commercially sex- successful band, but he said something about how like he knew that they're like. Metacritic score, like they're all music, like some sort of algorithm, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes thing for critics. He knew that they had like a really high score, like he had like they had like a ninety still out of a hundred after like so many albums, and he was like really proud of that. That like they never like oh yeah he would never be had that drop. And so awesome. I want to come at you with two theories. One we've talked about off record before, but that Questlove is the Dave Grohl of hip hop, where he's oh like, yeah, the, which like, I wholeheartedly buy into. I think he'll show up in any documentary as a yeah, talking head, and there like, are. I mean the. Like, thing that I would just, like, look at as, like, a knee-jerk thing is, like, I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, their place in the culture and sort of, like, how, you know, like, they, just as sort of a general kind of spokesperson, I think it, like, he fits the bill very cleanly. Like, yeah. I think he's just doing more interesting things and is, in general, like, he's a... He makes like, documentaries, he's, he's teaches much NYU more of, like, courses. A, he's, he's a true renaissance man. Like, something yeah. that, like, I really feel Incredible. like is, And, again, no shade to grow, but, like, on some, like... Well, Grohl, I guess, does the well, docs too. He'll do like the he, like Sonic Highways, where like oh, okay. Foo Fighters go to every city. And, well, like, yeah, that's what I was saying. I know that like yeah, he had uh, performed like was in like Foo Fighters document. Yeah, that one specifically. But like yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like he did the, Quest like, Love is still just like really kind of pushing boundaries in various mediums and like yeah, just what doesn't fucking matter. But like as far as again, what I think of like as like a spokesperson of hip hop entails. The like, defender I think he, of he like, absolutely fits the bill in that yeah. way. Like, but what was the, the second? The second uh, one is that it? the Roots, being such a music nerd, record collector band that they are, especially with a live show where they're like swinging in covers left and right mm-hmm. and showing you their knowledge of music, how broad it is. I feel like they are sort of to hip hop what Yola Tango is to indie rock. Hmm. You know what I mean? Where Yola Tango is thought of as like the record nerd band, where like they do, they've done so many covers, they do like. Halloween shows where they do full covers sets of like a certain band. They do the like, uh, I think it's a New Jersey radio show thing every year where they raise money for the public access radio by doing, uh, you can call in and just make requests for a certain oh, amount of money right. and they just cover it live. 
Like they're, you know what I mean? Like they're sort of that, like they're like almost like a DJ where it's like, it's more about showing your historian. Yeah. And I mean, I certainly get that feel much more from their records and sets, like in a literal sense of like DJing than I would with a group like Yellow Tango. But as far as just the general aesthetic and curatorial nature and that sort of thing. Yeah. That, that is really interesting. Cause I like was trying to rack my brain for like other bands that, cause I, I, I didn't mean know about like some of the stuff that you were speaking to with Yellow Tango, but like just the, the. Uh, you've heard that before with their like sort well, like of like the a critic. The, oh, I was gonna say the, the covering certainly and like yeah. But what were you saying though? They're the, like the critic. They're like a band of music critics. They were like if like four critics got together or three critics got together and made a band. It's like yeah, where they're that, gonna do like Stereo Lab, but they're also gonna do like Lee Scratch. I mean, not that I don't know if Yellow Tango is Lee Scratch Prayer, but you know what I mean. These right. Like, I, I never thought of them as like the music critic band, but like certainly like heads, absolutely. Yes, like, and like, broad, just because and of different like, underground yeah, music yeah. things, like yeah. Because I, I would have thought of, like, I guess in my head immediately, like, a Father John Misty or Sonic Youth as, like, the, like, critic kind of band in that yeah. way. But, like, yeah, Yellow Tango, they are interesting in that way. Because, again, they're just – it is such a long-storied thing, and it's uh, – they've continued to kind of build on – yeah, just their sort of influence in that way where it's just like, oh, yeah, like, again, just yeah drawing from all sorts of different stuff and, like, really trying to turn people onto things in that way. But, like, I, I wonder if – yeah, they there is – yeah, just, like, that – uh, sort of communal again the thing with them as well that you have with the roots but do you ever hear the story um, about when they did they were doing some cover with Ray Davies from the Kinks or it was either Ray Davies or uh-huh. Dave Davies I don't think so they were playing a set with him and like so before they're picking out the set list and they wanted to like they were really proud that they had some like deep obscure like album pick to like play with him and they bring it up to him as an option like can we do blah 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 and I guess he was just like really off putting. He was like, Why the fuck would you want to do that? Like, <laughs> why, don't we, like why don't we just play the fucking hits and like give them what they, I just love that from them. That's it's like, so like they want to show up and be yeah. Which I also. Why don't we do visiting friends? Why don't you shut the fuck up and we'll play my girls? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they absolutely would be uh, just, yeah, drawing from the. I would, yeah. Um, I got a soft track again. I'm sorry. No, no, that was good. I was just trying to think. I was, uh, I, I was get just back thinking, to the root. I was just the... thinking about yeah, the, with the Davis because I wouldn't have necessarily struck them as just like shut up and play the hits just because of how you know kind of deep and buried they're, the Kinks. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Sorry, Like that's. I mean, with them, they would be again the sort of people just be like, hey, let's play a song that nobody's ever heard of. But like, I, I wouldn't think that any of the Kinks should be like, you know, oh, that, 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 unless they of course didn't remember it, but like still just like oh like. You'll t- I'm sure it wasn't like a slight song, so I, I have to imagine that like it was, it was there was something you know, weird and interesting about it, and like you ever just was, be like, what the fuck? Like I I would not. Uh, it was off one of the big that. albums. I think it was something. It was like it was like a track eight off like Village Preservation Society. Yeah. So again, like all that stuff is just phenomenal. So at least in my opinion, and, and whatever. But like, uh, just be like, yeah, no, something from the first couple, just like um, got me down or whatever. Like, oh dude, that's, yeah, that's good shit. But uh, with the roots too, I uh, I like. It'd be funny to, um, yeah, have that sort of thing where it's like, oh, yeah, Questlove coming up to drum or Black Thought to tell him to spit a verse and they just, yeah, draw I don't yeah, do something this. from Phenology or like, yeah, do you want more? And they're just like, I don't want to do no, that, that shit. That, that shit, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like, that, why would why, I ever want to like, why, why pass wanna, the popcorn like, again? Yeah, I know, like, <laughs> what they do or something. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I um, I'm definitely looking forward to, yeah, just ripping through some of those other ones and do you want more? Like, it, yeah, it did, um, it felt like, yeah, very much in some way. Like, obviously, I talked about some of the other kind of records uh, throughout the mid-10s that seemed like uh, they were kind of, you know, bringing a lot of that feel back to it. It does, in a lot of ways, feel like a relic of the mid-90s. Yeah. But, I mean, I do think, again, not 
it, it has that thing where I, I think the again the, the songwriting and the instrumentation and everything like it does it holds up really well, but it is like still time stamped in that way. Like I think it is unmistakably in any sounding record, right? Something right. that I think like did you know kind of set the tone in a way for what like they were gonna do just as far as like their own chemistry and the kind of feel of like what Root Song's gonna sound like, but. Yeah, they evolved pretty quickly, and like you know, by the end of the uh, 2000s, they were very. Or sorry, the end of the 90s, they were very different. Yeah, band, but they've they've um, hit their final mature form of like yeah. who the roots are as an artist. Could we real quick? Could we just? I had a couple notes about the album cover. Oh yeah, I think please. It's an awesome means. album cover. Yeah. Oh, reminds, the, the one for do you want more specifically? For do you want more yeah. specifically? Yeah. yeah. It reminds me a lot of. Do you know like you know Blue Note Records, the jazz oh, yeah, label? Absolutely. It reminds me so much of those album covers that Reed mm. Miles did for them, where it's like it's that thing where it's the like you take a photo and you. You a black and white photo, and you make it two colors. Like obviously, this one's like blue for the white and black. Obviously, uh, and then you do like the simple type. It's just like it's. You can feel that Quest love. Like it had to be Quest. I oh, imagine I, was yeah. like we got to do like a Blue Note Records. Like he knows that visual language so well. Right, and that's what I was saying. Is I mean, I don't. I would just have to assume that it was him. It is such a like again, just a like music nerd, nerd exactly. sort of thing. Absolutely. I mean, that is like. Kind of, yeah, just one of those nods where it's like almost like, well, if you know, you know, sort of thing. Yes. Like, very much, I want to believe that there would be other people in the band that, you know, I mean, they were cool with it, obviously, but like, Questlove very much seems like the guy that would be like, you know, this this shit's just too, like, we have to we go have this to. route. Like, the other thing that was funny to me about it, and this is a little off tangent, <laughs> but I'm hoping you remember it, uh, it, so it uses Helvetic. The only thing that seems slightly not specific to that Blue Note style is the font it says the album title in. Do you oh, want sure. more? It's in that like uh, Helvetica font, and then it's got like the question mark exclamation. It feels very like post computer kind of, you know, not like jazz era, like with that Helvetica. Well, but yeah, it, it's certainly yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say it's like the rest, like that. What you were speaking to, the image itself very much feels like that kind of a throwback. But you have that juxtaposition right there just with that. I don't yeah. think there's any other. Like, um, it's just about the aesthetic that feels like, even, like, this specific image itself feels like it's just a nod to that kind of thing. But, With like, the bridge. The, the bridge and the three of them just right yeah. there, like, very much. But, like, that is a jarring little, yeah. And the font, because it's Helvetica, it reminded me of, do you, because Helvetica is mm. such, like, a classic, like, baby's first typeface. Oh, like, sure. oh, I'm getting into graphic design, and, like, I'm, I like modernism, and, like, I love Helvetica. I'll use it all the time. That's why I feel comfortable it's, it's mocking a, it's it. But it's a gateway type font, g- yeah, Exactly. It's the kind of blue of fonts, like, mm. if you're getting into, anyways. <laughs> but, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> oh, another beautiful episode title <laughs> <laughs> do you remember Sufjan Stevens Tumblr post about the Savages album cover do you remember their first album cover do you remember the band oh, Savages I do remember the band Savages I'm trying to th- I recognize the first album cover just the, it, again the image it's itself. a photo of them in black and white yep. and then it's like then on the left panel it's like all white it's like a white rectangle and it says like the name their name and I feel like maybe the names of all the songs all in Helvetica Noi font which is like a really thin lightweight Helvetica and Sufjan Stevens in 2013 this is so 2013 got on <laughs> Tumblr and like ripped into them for like their their typograph- typographical choices and I just love that it's like it's such a 2013 moment Sufjan Stevens on Tumblr making fun of a band's font choices oh it's incredibly 2013 I yeah. also that's another thing too like I I'm hard to believe. It's fine. It seems strange that, like, yeah, Sufjan Stevens just seems so wholesome that he would be tearing something apart for something like, well, he, he, or like just like even like playfully poking fun, whatever it was, but like just about like typing or something like that seems uh, like amusingly out of character. Just not what I would ever really like it, think from somebody like him. His exact phrase was here. I'll pull up. I got the post right here. Uh, okay, let's see if this loads fast enough. If not, I'm just gonna paraphrase <laughs> it. Three, two. Okay, I got it. The very cool Savages has a lot of very uncool typographical blunder on its LP cover. 
Helveta Canero, parentheses, weight loss is the worst thing that could happen to an iconic font, a.k.a. iOS 6. Also, can we talk about the, the weird italics, unnecessary affectation, and very un-British? There's cramped letting and unnecessary line break. Who the frag designed this? <laughs> it is, yeah, you feel like today that would, like, a guy would not, like, rip on an all, that just wouldn't fly as well today. I mean, no, not well, to get no, into the well, identity well, dynamics. No, I was just saying, no, it would at and Sufjan all. wouldn't either. I feel like well, Sufjan would be. That, that's the thing. Again, I'm, I, I may, probably was just like, yeah, kind of, you know, to gatekeep you, fonts and pretty, shit like that. more like, of an emphasis on just the specific year that we're in right now. And yeah. You, you, as well as just, yeah, kind of how he comes off as well. But, like, no, you definitely would not see it. Like, that would, absolutely would not. And uh, that, yeah, dude, it's, like, absolutely a Tumblr core. Like, a relic of the, the bygone days of blogging. I miss like, those days, man. I sure do. I mean, shit. Uh, <laughs> we should be a like, Tumblr-only podcast. Oh, sorry. We should be a podcast, podcast that's just on a Tumblr. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You oh, gotta man, go I, through. It's like doing cassettes. Yeah, just so, like all right, download. Yeah, it's like the next one's up. Uh, go ahead and scroll. Like just yeah, sending out the link in that way, and just. Uh, not but the medium be, is uh, the message. You know what I mean? Like yeah. indie bands that do eighty sounds, they release their shit on cassettes because that was the medium. If we're gonna do, we're we're kind of a bloggy podcast, so you're yeah. gonna only find us on blogs. That's the rule. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, much easier than having to just. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily need to. Subscribe to any uh, fuck anchor, so, fuck like, yeah, yeah. Just the easy access is just you know that much uh, smoother. But uh, yeah, do you have any last thoughts on the roots before we transition out of here? Oh, favorite songs though. You, you, you yeah. come to the earlier ones. Is there like uh, like one or two that really kind of stick out to you? Or do you feel like it is really just like the first like several that are like the first few? And do really you want out. more? I feel like I could see me putting on those first three or four. Yeah, where I mean, organics, I don't what? see me reaching back for very often. I could see me putting on those Jeez. first. Mellow My Man. Oh, yeah, like those that. first four, I feel like. The I even really, I think the intro yeah. itself like get, got me. Ex- when I put it on for like that third time, I remember feeling like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm like actually excited. Like I'm excited to listen to this. And I mean, there was some stuff towards the back too that I, I mean, I liked uh, Lesson Part One and Silent Treatment, but like, yeah, yeah it is, it is definitely one. a little front loaded. And uh, but I think really solid throughout. And like, yeah, very much a record that again, like, yeah, with Silent or- Treatment kicks ass. Yeah, yeah. With Organics, I do think, yeah, it's like there's there's a couple songs on here that I recommend, but like, do you want more? I, could, I feel like I can pretty much recommend that to anybody that like is uh into just hip-hop in a very general sense and is curious i mean really like a very strong showing and uh yeah one of the probably better records overall but music is so important and the sound of music the is, sound of music is, is king daniel is king the sound of music is king ecstasy out Thank you.